Hello. Hey, Leanne. How are you, buddy? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm doing really well. Been uh, a beautiful Saturday here so far in uh, in Wisconsin. How's it been for you over in San, uh, San Francisco? It is also very, very beautiful. It's really sunny. Good, good. So, uh, thanks for taking the time to be on, uh, this is episode 12, I believe, of uh, of Nick at Night. So, thanks for being on. I appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, before we kind of hop into everything, because i got a couple of questions for you. If you want to just take 30 seconds to a minute to just kind of let people know... Um, who you are, where you're from, uh, and just kind of a little bit about yourself and what they should know before we really dive in. Yeah, so uh, my name is Leanna Bod. I used to go to the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, uh, and then I dropped out after my freshman year of college, uh, really to just pursue um, my professional aspirations um, still figuring out exactly what that is, but I knew that college wasn't necessarily the, the right path for me. Um, so right now I am living in San Francisco uh, for the summer. I have a summer internship and uh, I'm doing business development. And one of my focuses, uh, not just for um, my uh, day-to-day job, uh, but my focus for the whole summer was to um, really just just network and meet people who uh, just meet really cool people um, and just meet people who I think would be really good to surround myself with, you know, really good to learn from um, and all that kind of stuff. Awesome. I love it. So how has it been for you coming from Michigan, the Midwest, where people have a completely different feel, a completely different sense of, uh, of culture, and then getting out to San Francisco, where you're actually in like a pretty big city on one of the coasts, which is typically more progressive. Yeah. What's it been like for you out there as far as networking, and what have you noticed? Um, here, there's a lot. It might just be the culture, uh, and, and the culture by culture I mean the the startup culture here um, and the okay. tech culture here. But there's a lot of people who are networking. Like in Michigan, it's not as as big of a of a presence. So like if I go right. on Meetup, yeah, if I go on like Meetup.com, there's not going to be that many, um, or as at least compared to San Francisco, there's not going to be that many like tech meetups and like, Oh, meet your founder meetups or, Oh, let's discuss big data. Let's discuss crypto or something like that. Like it's definitely, um, a lot. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of people who, uh, who want to network out here. Awesome. So is it mainly through like meetups or are you doing a lot of, uh, a lot of digital, as well, because I mean, I think maybe we talked about it, maybe we didn't, but I use Shaper a lot. Yeah. Um, and that's been huge for me to just yeah. make some really, really cool connections. Yeah, Shaper's pretty cool. Um, 
But yeah, at, at the beginning, it was a lot of meetups, um, okay. especially at the beginning of the summer, because, um, you know, I didn't have much of a network out here. Um, so I would go to different meetups, but um, hello? Did yep, I just cut I got out? You. Okay. Nope. Yeah. So I would, okay. So I would, um, I would just go to different meetups and stuff. And um, after that, I, I would just like build the network, but I already had, I already knew some, uh, some people here. So I would go to like uh, the events that they would host. Um, cause okay. I, just part of my like existing network before I moved out here, um, some people were already like hosting their own events. Like, um, uh, I don't want to, I don't mean to name drop here, but, um, uh, a good friend of mine, uh, named Josh Vector hosted events. Uh, but he, he just recently moved out to LA. Um, he runs a Facebook group called badass marketers and founders. Um, and we connected through uh, a mutual friend of ours, um, who also hosts her events and I help her host her events. Um, her name is Mahak. Uh, not sure if she's on. I'm not sure. I don't think either of them are on Anchor yet. But uh, yeah, they're both. They both host their own events. Um, and so I've been going uh, to theirs, and then also just events that I've I've heard um, around. Sometimes. Uh, well, what's good about um, coming from the University of Michigan, um, and especially so. Uh, when I was at the University of Michigan, I went through a program um, called the Entrepreneur's Leadership Program, um, which, one, it hooked me up with the summer internship I'm currently um, uh, partaking in, and okay. uh, it gave me a really good, like, everybody in the program uh, was chosen for a specific reason, you know, like, they actually, uh, they deserved uh, to be in the program, and so... Sure. Um, yeah, so, like, they were all really good people to learn from, you know. They were all uh, self-starters. They were all um, really, really knowledgeable people um, of whatever they were studying. So it, it was a good mix of, like, engineers, business people, um, liberal arts people. You know, we had, like, a film major in there. Um, but it was a really good mix of, uh, of, like, studies and stuff. So we all got really close. Uh, because we were, we were all interested in entrepreneurship. So, uh, but long story short, uh, the good thing about that program is they actually hooked several people up with internships here in San Francisco. So I already had um, somewhat of, of a, a friend group out here in the Bay Area. Um, and so, like, we would say, we would, like, uh, put in our group chat, like, hey, um, there's this event going on. Anybody else want to come? You know, and so... Several of us would go to a group. So it wasn't purely alone for me. Um, there were a couple events where it was just me. Um, but then there were also a, a ton of events where it was me and my friend uh, Nahi, Nahi Bakker. I'm not sure if you've ever um, uh, like been in contact with him. He's also on Anchor. Um, he hasn't okay. been too active. Uh, but, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, like he, him and I would go to a ton of different events together and we were actually just at one, like this past week, I think this past like Wednesday or something. 
Awesome. So, it, so because I I've listened to your station quite a bit, and it sounds like you guys are always at some coffee shop together. Um, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. Is, is he one of the guys that was from Michigan that went out there as well? Yes. Yep. Okay. That's awesome. That's cool that you that you had that connection. You were able to actually not just have it just be like you and you out there. You know, like it's nice that you had somebody else that you knew beforehand as well. Yeah, definitely. So, um, so then tell me. So you're out there and you're doing business development for a company. What is the what's the purpose? Like, what are you trying to gain? Because I, I know that you you got a couple of your own things in the works. Um, for what you want to be creating. Do you want to kind of just touch on that? Yeah. Um, so a few of the things that um, I want to gain, at least from like specifically speaking about uh, the business development internship is just um, like, so my prior experience to this internship really was like, other than the school projects that I did over the year, like, was, was like in sales and like customer service, right? Uh, I, I valeted and I also had a sales job. Um, and so that kind of like got me into like the business world and really want like uh, uh, piqued my interest in, in wanting to study that. And so um, I wanted to learn like more of um, the higher level kind of stuff. Cause like for me, the way I look at business development is okay. What like business, like a business development rep's job is really just to uh, figure out ways to make money. Right. Either um, like, and especially at a startup, it's really, okay. How can we set our, ourselves up for success um, this way? You know, like what if we try this, how much uh, is this going to help us? Or what if we uh, stop doing this, you know? So stuff like that. But um, what I've really been able to learn, um, like, so far in my internship, I'm almost at, like, the the end of my internship now, just, like, a couple weeks left. Um, but what I've really been able to learn is how to navigate a lot of the, of the difficulties of, um, you know, like, trying to – so it's it's uh it's really interesting for my startup the the one that uh well the startup I'm I'm doing an internship with because we are pre-product so we don't have anything to sell yet um so I've been having to focus on branding and so okay. branding branding's like pretty it, I mean it's not I don't want to say it's easy or it's simple but um, I understand branding, you know, I understand what to do, but I didn't, I, it's like, I don't, our, our potential customers are like municipalities. They're like water utilities. And so I had no idea like what to brand, you know, like what, what kind right. of content do they like, you know, like we can't just like blog about, Oh, how to save water, this and that, like how to do this. Cause like, likely they already know that. So it's just going to be repetitive. So like what's actually going to bring them value. So a lot of it ha has been hopping on calls with um, several water utilities. And I've actually gotten to hop on calls with a couple of the big ones here in uh, San Francisco. And so just learning from them. And um, yeah, now it, uh, like after like learning a ton about like the industry, how everything goes on, 
and how the water utilities think, then um, I've been able to start uh, really planning a roadmap for the company to like brand itself really. And so it's, uh, it's kind of come full circle, which is really cool. Um, because like before, at least in the beginning of my internship, I was just completely clueless as to what I was doing. <laughs> um, right. Like, you know, I sit down and I'm like at my desk and I'm like, well, where do I start? <laughs> and so I just like started reading stuff that was in our Google drive and, um, just learned, you know? And so I just kept learning and then at a certain point it was like, okay, now I can, once, once I've learned enough, like I could apply like, you know, my thing. So, uh, it was sure. definitely good, you know? Yeah, no, that's really cool. And I mean, it's just cool to hear the perspective of someone coming into a brand new role and not knowing what the fuck they're doing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I feel like there's yeah. so many people that look at people who have internships or even like students that will be getting internships that are listening to this right now. Like, I feel like a lot of them think or feel that they need to know everything about the job yeah. that they're about to start. Yeah. And that just couldn't be further from the truth. Cause how could you know it's, it's an internship. So it's probably something you've never done before. And so it's mm -hmm. almost ludicrous to think that you should uh, know everything about that uh, before you even hop into it. Yeah, definitely. And, and that was, you know, the cliche thing, like uh, always ask questions. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um I, yeah, so at the beginning, it was like, I, I just, even though I knew that, you know, and I, and I told people that as advice, like, dude, just ask questions, like, who cares if they, like, think you're stupid, like, you have to understand, that, like, ask them to explain right. to you, like, you're a five-year-old, you know, like, I still shied away from that, it's, it's funny, like, I want to know, like, the psychology behind it, like, like, you know how, it's like, uh, uh, do as I say, not as I do, like, <laughs> I'm yep. like eating my own words, you know, like I need to give myself the advice. <laughs> well, and it's, and that seems to be the hardest part for everybody, you know, no matter who you are, what role you play, unless you've done the work on yourself to get to a point where you can actually take your own, your own advice as much as you may not want to. Um, yeah. I feel like that's a struggle point for a lot of people. I mean, I know like me, I've given advice to, friends my entire life and I am probably one of the worst at taking my own advice and recently after um, em embarking on uh, learning and um, growing myself through personal development for the past six years I'm literally just now starting to actually take my own advice after reminding myself time and time again like dude you know what to do just take your own advice and do it you know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, um, exactly. yeah, I mean, it, it, you're not alone in that, in that respect, that's for sure. But I mean, with the psychology behind not wanting to ask questions, um, me just being a little bit older than you are and going through these things just a little bit more, um, even though I'm not that much older, respectively, we're basically the same age. <laughs> um, I, um, it's honestly, it's just fear. You're just afraid that you're going to look silly yeah. in front of your boss and you're afraid that they're going to think maybe, maybe you're not, maybe this is just me, but I would think that they would think less of me if I didn't know something. 
But again, putting yourself in their shoes, they've been in yours before. You know what yeah. I mean? So like they had to ask yeah. the questions when they were first starting out in their position. So, I mean, next time that you feel like you need a question answered, just ask it, you know, just ask it and see what happens. Cause the worst thing that can happen is they basically look at you as if you're stupid and then they explain it to you, you know? So, I yeah. mean, it doesn't really matter what they think cause they're still going to tell you how to do whatever it is that you're asking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I think a lot of it so, too is just going to be experience. It's just going to be like experience hundred percent in terms of like, yeah, like you're just used to it. So like, you know, like the best way to, to learn is to just fuck it up. <laughs> yeah, seriously, 100% experience. And I've had very little experience in the grand scheme of life, but experience is everything. I mean, I was even, I think it was yesterday, uh, maybe it was the day before, I was just kind of thinking back on like the jobs that I've had in the past and how daunting they seemed when I would first start them. And then you do the job for nine months, a year, and then it's like clockwork. You know exactly what to do. You're almost able to just put yourself on autopilot because you've done it so many times. Um, And I mean, that's really all it is. And it's going to feel that way for every job. And I think it's just something that people just have to be aware of that uh, it's going to feel like this. And, um, and you just got to be ready for it and know that it's going to happen for each new job that you take on. Yeah, most definitely. So you, um, so you alluded to, you're curious about the, the psychology um, behind why you're afraid um, to ask questions or why you don't take your own advice. Um, that's part of what you're really passionate about right now, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, uh, so I've, um, ever since like high school. So, okay. So in high school, when I was in 10th grade, I took, um, our AP psychology class. Um, I did really well on the AP exam and that was just it. I was like, I was super enamored with the idea of psychology and just learning, um, how like, what like how people tick and what makes people tick and all of like the little intricacies that go into that. Um, and so like going into, uh, like actually at the beginning of my senior year, when people would ask me like, Oh, what do you want to study in college? Um, I'd be like, Oh, I want to study psychology. And then they'd be like, Oh, like some people would be like, Oh, that's cool. Okay. And then like a lot of the adults would be, uh, would be like, well, you know, there's not much money in that, right? And I'm like, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I would start thinking about it, and then my thought process was, okay, well, if I really want to pursue psychology, what am I going to become? I could become a psychologist, I become whatever, or um, I could become a businessman or something like that. Like, okay, I, I'm like, it's always been a goal of mine to make, you know, to be financially free. Um, mm-hmm. and I say financially free as, as a, as a euphemism for, I just want to be rich, <laughs> you know, so, um, <laughs> try to make it sound all nice and pretty and be like, nah, dude, I just want, I just want dollars. <laughs> right. Right. I just want money. But anyway, so I guess that's the, that's the crux of it, you know? 
Um, but I looked at it and I was like, okay, well, if I want to pursue psychology, you know, because I, I'd always be like, okay, well, people would always say, pursue your passion, pursue your dream. I'm like, well, I really like psychology. Right. I think I'm passionate about it. So I looked at it and I was like, okay, four years of an undergrad degree. And then I could either do something to help pay, like I could either work like a shitty job and then pay off some of that debt that I'm going to accumulate, or I could go right into grad and then get like either a master's degree or a, a PhD in psychology. So that's already eight years, if not more. And so after right. that, if I still want to make money, I have to open up my own firm. And so that's going to take a ton of like time and effort because you're going to have to build credibility to be able to open up your own firm. And so that's going to take yep. more years. So realistically, you're looking at over a decade of work and not even including the loans you're going to have to take just to make, let's say, at the higher end of a psychologist who owns their own firm and, and runs their own chip and yada, 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 like maybe 200000 a year, like that's just, that just is not, it does not make financial sense. And so I was like, okay, what is another thing that I could do? Oh, I could do business because I like the, the psychology of like human interaction. You know, I, I want to know how to read people. I want to know how to be like, okay, why did this person just respond in that way? You know, like what's their story? You know, what are their predispositions? Right. What are their biases? And so that's what I was really interested in. So I was like, okay, business kind of makes sense. And then, you know, it, it kind of all culminated with, oh, the summer before my freshman year, I had a sales job. So it was like, okay, like this is business, you know, like I learned how to sell. And like, uh, right. you probably, I, I would assume, you know, the name Grant Cardone, um, but that's something like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, but yeah, that's something he always says, like sales is literally the DNA of business. It is what business runs on. Because if you don't have sales, you're like, a, a, you should be a nonprofit. You know, like, if you, right. not, if you cannot sell, you are not going to be a good entrepreneur. Like, regard, like, you don't have to have a sales job, but like, if you can't sell your product, like, if, or if your product can't sell itself, then like, you don't have a business. And so it's been right. really, it was really good to have that experience because I got the, um, like, so we had, like, base pay um, for each okay. um, appointment where we would get paid regardless if we made a sale or not as long as it was a qualified presentation. Um, and so, like, I knew, like, okay, that, that's, like, I, like, I was a little bit more risk-taking. I was, like, okay, I'm not even going to, like, uh, turn in my qualifications. I'm just going to go straight off commission, like, at, at one point, like, in the middle of, I think, the summer where I, when I was, like, doing well and I was, like, okay – um, actually funny story. I, uh, so like I said, I valeted in high school. I valeted between my junior and senior year that summer. Um, and then actually okay. a little bit after my feet, uh, between the summer before my freshman year of college, I also valeted for a little bit, but I also got the sales job because I was like, okay, well, Michigan's going to be expensive. So I need like as much money as I can get. And so right. I, I had two jobs at that point. And then, um, I started doing well in sales. And so I was like, well, uh, this is a tough decision, but like I could make so much more if I just focus on this, you know, cause sales is, sales is one of the, the most like lucrative um, jobs you can have because if you're good, the effort, the amount of effort you put in will map out to how much money you end up making, you know, like, cause if you put right. in a lot of effort to a nine to five 
salary based, hourly based uh, job, like you're you have a set wage, you know, like one that gives you room to slack off, but two that mm-hmm. like if even if you work as hard as you can every single time, like it's just not it, it doesn't uh, it doesn't directly map out to uh, more financial success. So like right, well, and like a, when you start a I was going to say, when you start like actually getting really good at sales and you've done it for a while and you've gained that experience, it's almost disproportional how much you get paid for how hard you have to work. Because eventually, kind of like what I was just saying earlier, is you go on autopilot. You know, I mean, it's so easy for you because, I mean, sales straight up, it's just talking to people. It's having a conversation. It's being a good conversationalist, being able to speak effectively and efficiently um, and communicate the reasons and the value behind whatever it is that you're selling. And I mean, if you can get good at talking and talking, you just get good at it by doing more of it and putting yourself in like the meetup situations like you do, where you're forced to make small talk with people where you may want to start a very good business relationship with them. And so you need to be able to talk about yourself and your ideas really, really well that way they're like, oh, shit, like this kid's actually pretty well put together. Because, I mean, as much as people want to say, like, age doesn't matter and all that, uh, in the end, it really doesn't. But with first impressions, I feel like, I mean, if you're younger, people tend to look at you as, like, you're inexperienced. And it's because, quite frankly, you are, you know. And yeah. so the way to make up for that and the way that I've been able to make up for that is in my speaking ability um, and exactly. I mean, at the end of the day, that's really all that sales is. Yeah. And, and I think like part of the psychology that goes behind that, um, kind of putting on my, my psychology hat here, it's like, okay, yes. Like for, for me, I'm a young person. Right. And so exactly what you said, like, yes, I don't have a ton of experience, but what can I control? You know, like what can I control? Right. I can control the way I present myself. You know, like if I walk into to a sales presentation and I, I, I walk in with a suit and tie and it's actually tailored, you know, it's not like my prom cooks or whatever. It's yeah, like, where it's a, it's a big suit. box. It's well-fitted. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's, it's a well-fitted suit. It's tailored. I walk in, you know, like my chest is high and like I walk in, I command the presence. Like people have told me, like they've... I've been starting, like, when people ask my age, like, especially here in San Francisco, like, I ask them to guess at first. And, like, I've, sometimes sure. I've been getting, like, 20, like, like, the majority I've been getting, like, 23s, 26s, you know, and they'd be surprised that I'm 19. And so it's really just yeah. how you present yourself. And even, like, even here, I don't even dress, you know, it's, like, it's Silicon, it's San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Like, I don't even dress, like, up. You know, I don't wear, like, a collared shirt every day. I wear, like, a T-shirt. Right. I wear, like, you know, jeans and stuff. And so, like, it, it's totally, like, how, like, even just me. So that's how I know, like, the peop- the reason why people are guessing that, maybe it's, I mean, partly due to, like, uh, my genetics and stuff. So maybe I look, I don't know, maybe my face kind of looks like I would be older or something. But Do you, have a, do you, do you point, have a beard? Like, do you have a beard or anything? No. <laughs> I, I don't. Okay. I, can't I was gonna say because like it's funny. I make I make oh, yeah. pe- I make people guess my age constantly um, uh-huh. because I'm 24. But luckily, I was blessed with the genetics to be able to grow a full beard, and so people think that I'm like 
2930 oh, yeah. all the time. You're and so like it's funny that you make people, <laughs> oh, it really is cheating, especially now that it's not just like this little stubble or you got pubes yeah. hot glued to your face. Like, yeah, it's, it's an actual beard. And, and people yeah. are like, oh, wow, like, congrats. Like, way to go. I wish I could do that. Um, but so, so have you, um, it's funny. So earlier you mentioned that you, you wanted to learn how to read people. And I thought of this then, but it's really interesting that, um, you brought that up because throughout high school, um, I, my, so one of my best friends growing up, literally known the guy since kindergarten, um, his name is Mitch Bolcom. Uh, him and I used to like research and learn how to read people. Because we, we were yeah. so fascinated <laughs> by it. And it is funny how an obsession that I had from, like, 15 to, like, 17 is helping me tremendously in life now. Yeah. Just for the sheer fact that, like, honestly, I don't even remember what I learned, what I looked up, whatever it was. But... Um, I just have the ability to read people now so much easier than most people just by looking at them. And most people can't do that. And it's honestly just because I took the time to learn how to read people, not knowing that it was going to become useful. I just did it because I like legit thought that this would be dope to do because I could totally be a spy knowing how to read people. (laughs) Like, kid you not, kid you not. That was the mindset was just like, I'm going to be a badass spy and I'm going to learn how to read people. <laughs> and, and I did. And yeah. it literally was like two years of me and my buddy learning how to read people. And now I use it daily. And especially, especially when I go to meetups or I'm networking or I'm just meeting people, it just, it's incredible how useful that is um, to be able to have. And people don't even know that you're able to pick up on as much as you are which is incredible because then you have the leverage. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's such a valuable skill. And like, especially like, and I think like, I mean, you know this because you have the same experience, but like, especially in sales, when you're meeting that many people, like over the course of a certain amount of time, like you just get so much better because I mean, it's just a ton of experience. Like, experience just meeting people and like somebody new every single time like there'd be times where there'd be days where I would meet like with five people a day like five couples a day and so it would it would be like I'd yeah. interact I'd be interact let's wait let's do the math here so like five a day times six days because Sundays we took off five times is 30 so 30 people a week for three weeks that's 90 people within a three-week period right like yep it's just yeah it's absolutely insane. and then even even going so far as talking to those people on the phone you know like phone skills are in, are, are insane like if yeah. you're completely underrated because nobody like really picks up the phone and, and makes calls anymore but like you know it, i mean it's the law of uh it's law of averages right i, I don't know if it's yep. it's either the law of averages or the 80 20 rule one of the two. I think, or like, is it the law you, of large numbers? I haven't heard of the law of no, large numbers, but anyway, like what I'm getting, you could probably, you could probably okay. uh, uh, decide which law it is. I'm not sure, but, but what I'm uh, trying to talk about is when you, okay. So 
you, it's kind of like it's a funnel. Like you make more phone calls than you do when you, okay. So you make, you have to make more phone calls uh, than you think to be able to schedule the amount of appointments. And then you have to uh, close, like, it's just the, the law, it's just the numbers diminish. Like, let's say, okay. Right. Let's just completely, like, make this an example. Well, it's, so it's like, let's say, yeah, let's I was, was like, going to say, it's basically have, like you call, call 50 people, you're able to set 20 appointments, and of those 20 appointments, you're probably going to make about maybe eight to 10 sales. Is that kind of what you're thinking? Something like that, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what I – I don't know if that's, like – I don't know. The, all these laws kind of get, like, jumbled in my head, and, like, the definition kind of stretch. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah no. that's, that's exactly, like, you have to – the effort you have to put in is so much more. But, like, what I, what I was trying to get at was, like, yeah, like, sure, I would go on 90 – like within a three week period, I would go on like 90, I would talk to 90 people face to face, but like mm-hmm. those not out of the, like for those 90, I'd probably have to have talked to at least three times as much, uh, as many people. So right. two seven, 270 people on the phone, you know? And so like, it, it's just, it's so, uh, it's like insane. I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. <laughs> Yeah. So this might be new information for you and this is going to be able to kind of tie it back and hopefully give a lot of value to the people that are listening. Um, that was a good car transition into this. Have you heard of the three levels of listening? I have not. Okay. So, uh, I'm going to tell them to you because these are so when you can get to the third level of listening because listening is a skill and yeah. it's a skill that very few people have to be honest from what i've noticed um mm-hmm. people because people can hear what you say they hear it all the time but very few people actually listen um and i did a podcast about this i think it was one of my first ones i don't know if i made it into an episode or if it was just uh part of anchor but I talked about the difference between um, listening and hearing. And so the three levels of listening. So the first level is entirely surface where you're literally just listening to respond. So like by the time you say something, I'm already trying to figure out what I'm going to say in response. And therefore I'm not actually listening to what you're saying. I'm only hearing the words, but I'm, but I'm already in my own head trying to figure out what I'm going to say to come back to what you said. So that's the first level. Okay. The second level is listening, waiting until they're done speaking, and then you figure out what you're going to say in response. Because it really doesn't take you that long to figure out what you're going to say back to somebody typically. And so the second level is you actually listen to their entire spiel before you respond. Okay? Yeah. And so that's where if people are decent listeners, that's where they're at. They're at level two. Um, now level three, someone who does this incredibly well, and it shows all the time. And I'm going to, and I'm going to say the name because you already know who he is. Gary Vaynerchuk. Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Level three, level three, every time. So level three is where 
not only are you listening to everything that they say before you respond, but you're also to, also listening to two other things. You're listening to the uh, tone of voice or the inflection that they put on words. Um, and you're also listening to what they're not saying. So that's the third level where you're, you're picking up, and it's even better when you're in person. Like if you and I were on like a, a FaceTime call right now, I'd be able to see your facial expressions. I'd be able to see your posture, the way you sit, the way you hold yourself when you're speaking about different things, because that's a whole nother level of listening. And that's where like when Gary talks about like my intuition tells me blank, blank, and blank, it's because he's picking yeah. up on those nonverbal cues and he's picking up on the, on the words that you're not saying. Um, and, yeah. and, and, I mean, he's, he's doing all of it. He's listening to the way in which you say something as well. And so that's the third level, and that's where um, it takes so much practice to get there because you have to be able to be quick enough to listen to everything that they're saying, but at the same time be able to process it and process what they're not saying and the way that they're saying it and how they might put uh, emphasis on a certain word after one. Um, like if you listen to the podcast that I just did uh, two days ago with uh, Erica Biones, um, mm -hmm. I picked up on, she talked about, cause she's a, she's a sexual confidence coach, which Super interesting podcast to listen to because I've never talked to someone that does that as a profession before. So it's just a lot of really mm -hmm. cool insight. But she was saying how she prefers to coach and work with women because she's worked with so many men. And it was very brief, wow. very slight. She barely even, like, had any difference. But that word, because I've coached so many men, was huge and that said everything without her saying anything at all and it was yeah. it was awesome that I was and I'm just I was pumped that I picked up on it um because I then asked her I'm like okay so why why because you've coached men you prefer to coach women now um and so mm -hmm. it's things like that that get you to that third level of listening um, and I mean, crossing my fingers, hopefully that's what, uh, helps me become a very good interviewer and podcaster. Um, but I mean, in the business world and in the sales world, world, especially, and even more so being the CEO or being one of the executives of a company, you have to be listening on level three all the time, because if you're not, you're just missing out on, honestly, to, in my opinion, you're missing out on everything that's actually important yeah yeah definitely and that's yeah it's just so it's just a really important skill you know uh mm -hmm. oh let me ask let me ask you this so how how do you think you would like okay let's say i'm the ceo of a company it's a small startup i'm looking to bring someone on as a co-founder now, since they would be a co-founder, they would likely be with the company for um, a longer time. Uh, and, and assuming, like, the company does well, um, that uh, they would still be in that role. So how would you look for that? Can you, can you or and how do you actively look for that in another person? So to me, that comes down to who they, not necessarily, like, how they operate, 
or how they do business because that's important. But to me, that's a commodity. Like you can find other people that do the job as well as they do. To me, I'm looking when I speak to them um, or like do an interview type thing, I'm looking for who are they as a person? Like just like, like outside of work, outside of their professional life, who are they as a person and what kind of person are they? Because like, for me, I'm, um, if you've heard the term empath, um, it basically just means I can pick up on other people's energies and emotions incredibly quickly and easily. Um, and so that's what I would look for. And that's what I would try to pick up on is like, just where's their heart at? You know, like, are that is their heart in, I'm just here to make millions and build this company and then get out with an awesome severance package? Or do they really, really love what we do, love the mission and are passionate about it already before they even knew about us? I think that actually that's it. That's exactly what it would be. Is I would make sure that whoever it is, is passionate and loves what we're doing before they even knew we existed. Because it'd be so easy for someone to adopt the passion um, or adopt the mission that we have, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I guess for me, I would want someone who believes what I believe before I tell them everything that I believe. Does that make sense? That was a lot of yeah. beliefs. <laughs> no, it totally makes sense. So basically what you're saying is like essentially – they had the same mission as you before you even approached them with a job offer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah, I mean, yeah. then if, cause if that's the way that they just naturally are by default, cause I almost equate it to, I make this analogy in like relationships, like, like boyfriend, girlfriend, or um, like romantic relationships is like, you want that person to be that way the way that they present themselves to you when they first start dating. Cause you know how everyone's on their game. They're yeah. doing those extra yeah. little things. Like they're just yeah. on it. But then uh-huh. you get to the point where, Oh, honeymoon phase is over. I'm now starting yeah. to get comfortable. I'm now not doing those little things that made you fall in love with me to begin with. And therefore it starts to fade because the relationship wasn't actually founded on who you are as a person. It was founded on the honeymoon phase. And that's the kind of the way that I think about it as far as if I was going to bring on a CEO um, or a co-founder of some sort is I don't want you just to be hyped about this because I'm about to offer you a job and because you think that this is going to be really great for you and your family, whether or not that's true. I mean, you got to look out for your own, you got to look out for your own family, but I want to make sure that when the honeymoon phase is over of this job, um, they're still loving every second of it. And they are still just as passionate, just as on fire about it as they were day one on day 378 on day 3082. You know, like I just want to make sure that that person, when they say that they're here for the long haul, it's not just a line they're throwing to get the job they're serious about it because they, they've been about it um, from the get-go before the, I even met them. Yeah. Yeah. So. Definitely. And, that, and, 
and hopefully that makes sense. I mean, I'm, and that may be completely different than how most people do it. Um, but I think that the, the human side and the emotional side, um, and like Gary literally talks about this all the time. And it's something that I've believed is people's emotional intelligence is uh-huh. the variable. It is the value yeah. piece. It's what makes someone so, so valuable to a company is how good they are with a managing their own emotions, but B also being able to work with others because they're emotionally intelligent enough to notice when someone's having an off day and they need to approach them in a slightly different manner to get them back on track or get them in a, in a new light where um, they're receptive to what you're saying. So that to me is the variable. It's your emotional intelligence because without that, then you're basically a robot that does a job and there's tons of people out there that can do your job. I want someone that Mm -hmm. is actually emotionally intelligent enough um, to be able to work well with other people. Um, Because I actually, funny thing, I've talked about this uh, just in a short little segment earlier this morning um, about relationships. Because I, I mean, I truly do believe that at the end of the day, the quality of your life and the quality of your business is dependent upon the quality of relationships that you have. Um, Cause relationships are just, they're, they're everything. Um, and most people don't see that and they miss the boat because they don't place enough value and importance on the relationships that you build along the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So true. So, um, okay. So as we kind of, wrap up because I actually got something else I got to be running to. Um, I, I have one last thing that I actually wrote down because I'm curious about this. Uh, Cause you briefly touched on it yesterday when we first spoke on the phone. Um, and I'm going to let you answer this. However you see fit. Tell me about before Gary and after Gary, because I think that there was something big that happened to you in that meeting. And I'm curious to hear what like what like life before Gary Vaynerchuk meeting and what life's like after. So before like Gary just in general, like before his name even popped up in like my feed and I discovered him or before like my meeting with him? Um whichever one you feel most inclined to talk about. Okay. Yeah, so I'll talk about like before him just in general. I'll actually talk about a little bit of both. Um, okay. But because uh, I think it's just super valuable. I don't know. Um, so before him, I had always been super fascinated and super enamored by, like, the motivational speakers, the gurus. Like, I was really big into uh, Eric Thomas. I, I was like, I, sure. when, when his only when his only video was the – when you want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe, like before that even went viral, like when it's still like, yeah, like just got uploaded. Like I had found that because like when that was uploaded, I was actually running track in middle school and you know, like just me being competitive, I'd be like in the zone before like our, our track meets and stuff. And I'd be like at the front of the bus, just listening to my headphones. I'd be listening to that talk. I'd be listening to the, um, I am a champion talk from football 
I would be, I'd be listening yep. to a ton of stuff. And so I'd always been like into that kind of stuff. And so like naturally as my, uh, as my, like, as the people I listened to like progress, like when I would, I would go from ET to, um, someone else, I would go to, uh, like Grant Cardone. I would go to these people, you know, I'd, I'd look at Ty Lopez. I'd look at, uh, a a ton of other people. Like naturally Gary was going to pop up in my feed sooner or later. And I think he popped up in my feed, like in fall of 2016. So like months ago. Um, and, and he popped up and I was like, wow, I really like this guy. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, it was just that like, okay, a snap decision. It was just like, okay, I, I just like him. So like I check out more of his stuff and I'd see like he would do daily bees where he would just be followed around. Like he, he would be vlogging. And like, I think about me is back in like middle school and high school when Casey Neistat started his blog and started his like actual YouTube channel. Um, I was yep. one of those like first like fans of him as well. Um, and so like, I, w- I always loved watching his blogs, but also a ton of other um, YouTube vloggers. And so I just liked watching the daily life. And so once I started progressing into, Oh, I'm more interested in business. I'm more interested in like entrepreneurship, stuff like that. When I discovered Gary, it was kind of like the right person to like look at, you know, the right person to be motivated right. by because he would be doing the daily vlogs or not daily at that time, but he would be doing vlogs. And so I would get to see his entire yep. life. And so uh, he would, but he would also give off like business nuggets, you know, like nuggets of knowledge. And so I love that, you know, like the same thing I get from like Grant Cardone, like same thing I get from uh, ET, all these guys, like I'd get from Gary and like in Gary's own little unique way. But um, so like, okay, so I got uh, with Gary, like I discovered Gary, like let's say maybe early November. Later that month, it's funny, like, because I would do my digging into him, right? And so I find out that he is business partners with Steve Roth, the owner of the Miami Dolphins, and he's also the namesake of the business school at Michigan, uh, where our business school is the Roth School of Business, named after Steve. Um, And so, like, I was like, holy shit, this dude's like, that just validated everything he's doing right now. Because if Steve Roth is partnering with this man... And Steve Ross is, I mean, he's a multi-billionaire. That's one. But the school I yep. go to, he, he, his name is on the business school that I'm trying to get into. Um, like, this man is probably just, like, I, I, I need to listen to him. Like, if, if that's, like, the type of people, like, he's, he's with, like, if that's, like, the weight he's punching, then, yeah, why, why can't I listen to this man? Like, I have to. Um, right. And so... I, and, and the funny thing is later that month, shortly after I discovered Gary, I actually ran, well, I didn't run into him, but I met Steve Roth. Um, I snuck into, uh, so <laughs> around this time in school, I, um, <laughs> I wanted, I really, my goal was to get into the business school because you had to apply after your freshman year. Uh, you had to apply right. yeah, after your freshman year. Um, and so I was like, holy shit, like, um, I really want to get into school. And my friend who was already uh, pre-admitted to the school, he 
uh, one Saturday, it was during, uh, it was a football game. It was against um, uh, the University of Maryland. Uh, what happened was my friend, he texted me, hey, I might meet Steve Ross uh, and somebody else today. I, I think it was like the head of Google AR and VR today. And I was like, holy shit, can I come with? And then he was like, uh, yeah, just be down and, and just be down on this floor at this time. And I was like, all right, cool, bet. And so met him and uh, one of the foremates, his dad was, his dad was like a big, like high up in Google. Um, but anyway, they, they snuck us into, they brought us as guests into a tailgate and it was like a regent and presidential tailgate. So it was like a bunch of like the donors of the school, a bunch of like really big alumni. Oh, wow. And so, yeah. And so I was there and I was like, Oh, this is kind of cool. So like, we were just meet people, talk around like, and me, my friend and I, Max, we'd be like, this guy looks important. Like, like walk by him see if you can get a glance at his name tag and like, we'll look him up on LinkedIn. <laughs> so like we would be doing that Funny. a little bit just to entertain ourselves, you know, and then like start conversations and be like, we would completely pretend like we were just absolute fans of that person, even though we just like literally found out their name, like, Oh my God. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So eventually the Steve Ross gets there. Exactly. Eventually Steve Ross gets there. I tap my friend on the shoulder really quick and I'm like, dude, dude, dude. And then I just like point and he's like, holy shit. And then like, so we're like geeking out right now. We're just absolutely excited. And so yeah, we walk up to him. He's getting food. It's like a buffet style, you know, serve yourself on your own plate. And so he's getting, uh, he's getting food. He's putting food on his plate. We walk up to him. He's still talking to someone and we're just like, our emotions are so high. We cannot handle ourselves. We're like little girls, like at a Justin Bieber concert, yeah. you know? And so we're like, shit. So we like, go back to sit down. And like, we talk to like, uh, at this point, we like, we become like uh, good friends with like the family of uh, the floor mate who, who had a, whose dad like is head of Google AR and VR. And so we're just talking to them. And, and then he's just like, dude, he's just another person. Just go talk to him. And like, you're right. So we like calm yep. ourselves down. We, we compose ourselves. We walk up to him. We're like, Mr. Ross and, and my friend, he uh, he opened up the conversation with, "Hey, Mr. Ross, uh, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a uh, I'm a pre-admit to your business school, um, <laughs> which is funny because it's like I'm a pre-admit to your business school, which is funny statement to <laughs> say. Uh, uh, but so we end up talking, we end up conversating. They're just talking, um, uh, Ross and my friend, and then uh, my friend ends up. We, we start talking about social media and like media and stuff uh, because my friend wants to be in marketing and social media marketing, stuff like that. And so yep. uh, Ross is, Ross is like, well, Oh, we actually own, I, we actually own like 40% of a company called Vayner media. I'm like, Oh yeah. With Gary Vaynerchuk. So then I get in a conversation and we start talking and like, we're just going on and on about Gary and like Steve is just, their one in general, their business partnership is just amazing. Um, if you hear them talk about each other, it's just like they were meant to be together, essentially. Um, right. So what Ross was saying to me is he was saying, like, yeah, Gary, he just, he just gets it. Like, he just absolutely gets it. Um, he's just a genius. And so we, like, started talking. And then um, at the end of the conversation when we ended it, I was like to, to Ross, I was like, hey, when I meet Gary – and, like, I put it out there into the world, you know, like the law of attraction type thing. I oh, put yeah. it out there. I was like, when I meet Gary, 
I'll, I'll have him reintroduce myself to you. And then, and then I, don't, I don't remember what I was thinking, but I was like, okay, all right. Like I was challenging myself. I was like, okay, you, literally, you just told Steve Ross that you're going to meet Gary Vaynerchuk and have him reintroduce yourself to Gary Vaynerchuk or to, to Steve yeah. Ross. Okay, let's see what happens. And so I was like, okay, I just became obsessed with meeting Gary. And so I was like, okay, yada, yada, yada. And then ended up, long story short, um, I met him in February at a conference, but since it was a conference, I only got like 15 seconds with him, but that like started the conversation with him that like put a somewhat of a face to my name. And then after that, I had kept engaging with him on social. So like Twitter, Instagram, uh, emails, even whatever. And then in, yep. uh, in, in the summer, in, in the beginning of the summer, I had looked on to, I had looked at, his um, speaking schedule and saw that he was going to be here in San Francisco uh, June 14th for a conference. And so I was like, holy shit. Okay. Um, and so like I, I tweeted at him like, yo, I just discovered you're going to be here June 14th. I'm going to be here the entire summer. Um, and so like long story short, can we meet up? Um, and like, he wouldn't be, he wouldn't respond. He wouldn't, I don't, I don't know if you saw it or not, but there's this one tweet where he tweeted out, answering questions for six minutes straight shoot and i was like holy shit okay i got the notification when he posted it um and so i tweeted at him gary you're gonna be here june 14th for hr tech world i'm gonna be here for the entire summer can we meet up he responds back to me maybe i'm like okay it wasn't a no let's do this yeah so i start emailing him and emailing him and finally he responds to an email and uh, I don't know if you've heard of mission U. it's a, it's a college um, alternative program uh, where the CEO and founder of it is Adam Braun. Adam Braun went on Gary's show a while back. And so like Gary really loves Adam, like, and he, he really deeply respects Adam. And so I ended up getting into that program into the first cohort. Long story short, I, I turned it down. Um, to pursue my, my own goals, my own dreams. Um, but I, I got into it. And when I got into it, um, I emailed Gary with a subject line in all caps, Gary, I'm dropping out of college. <laughs> and so uh, in the email, the body of the email was like, Gary, just got a call from Adam Braun. I got into Mission U. And there's a lot of other different things. Like I had met Adam at an event and took a selfie with him and then tweeted at Gary. Gary sure. liked it, you know, so he already kind of saw that. Um, so it was very like strategic, but then it all culminated to the point where that email, when he read that and he was like, okay, like it, it validated me, you know, it, it kind of validated right. my, like, why should I meet with him? Why should I, des- why do I deserve a meeting with him? And it's not even like deserving. But it's like, it's because like, okay, if this kid got into a program that somebody, somebody I deeply respect like is doing, like he's worth a five minute meeting. And so ended up getting right. that meeting. Um, and yeah. And, and at that point, uh, like over, up to that point, it was just like, I'd be like following up. Like I would follow everything he was doing. I would you know, do a vlog just to document stuff. I would focus on um, meeting people, just like taking all of his advice and stuff. And then after that meeting, it's just now it is just 
the grind because the entire, right. like my entire purpose of that meeting, what I wanted to get out of it, I didn't want a job or anything. I didn't want, like, I didn't need any advice from him. I just like, and even the advice he gave me, I already kind of had like an inkling for, um, like I kind of already knew the advice. Um, and especially yep. cause he's given it to so many people a lot of times. It's just different cause he's giving it directly to me. Um, but now, uh, the way I'm looking at it is, okay, now that I met him, I got on his radar. That was what I really wanted. Like, I just wanted to tell him, like, I wanted to call my own success out, you know, like how Babe Ruth called his own shots out. Like, I wanted to tell right. him, like, look, this is what I'm doing. I think I'm going to be successful. I haven't proven anything. I haven't really proven anything yet, but I just wanted you to know. And so it's just right. that, like, purely that, you know. And so now it's just a game of, okay, I mean, like, I'm pursuing my own thing. I'll just keep him updated every so often, you know, I'll go to some of the events and be like, yeah. So last time, uh, when we met, like I was at this stage, now I'm at this stage, you know? And so it was like, see the progress. And at the, for the end goal, I, I'm not too sure. Um, it could be to eventually like, if like a venture fails and like, he's seen like, okay, this kid, like he actually got traction. He, he actually executed. He's a good operator. Maybe I should take him on my team. I don't know maybe like potential business partner. I don't know. Like, like I told him, like my end goal right now, is just super like in the cloud, just general. I just want to win right now. And so right. in, in my, right. current, in my current like project with this, um, uh, hacking your own psychology thing, like I just really want to pursue that, you know, it's just an actual passion of mine. Like it's not one of those passions where I'm like, oh, this is trending right now, you know, like the Uber of X. Like, sure. this is my passion. I've always wanted to do this. No, like, I literally, like, I took the, the class and I was just completely fascinated with it. It's something that, like, actually, like, gets my, you know, that, like, feeling in, like, your chest when you, like, really like something and you really, like, have just a passion does it, for it. Does, like, it almost, does it almost feel like butterflies? Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly I know the feeling. I know the feeling. Yep. Yeah, definitely. So now it's just, okay. So now that I discovered that it's just executing on it, you know? And so right. I have a game plan. I have a roadmap and it's just how, how well can I execute? You know, like I have to prove, and there's this really good quote um, that I got. It, I think it's from Charlie Munger, but I heard it from um, one of Ty Lopez's like 67 steps or whatever. And it's, to get what you want, you have to deserve what you want. The, the world is not yet a crazy enough place to reward a whole bunch of undeserving people. And so mm. that is just like, it's just like a philosophy of mine right now because, okay, if I want something, do I deserve it? And if it's no, what do I have to do to deserve it? You know? Cause right. like, it's just like how Gary, like, and it, it, it also goes into like entrepreneurship. Like, okay, if you're the founder of this startup, why do you, why is it you? Why, why are you the person to make this a success? You know, like if you are yeah. in the water industry, it would be pretty damn valuable if you worked in the water industry prior to founding your own startup. That's exactly what my boss is doing, what the CEO of the company I'm interning, interning at is doing. Like he, we're in the water industry and he used to run like um, – part of the water uh, side of general electric. So he was in the corporate world 
And then oh, it was just cool. a really good story. So, like, it's just, you know, it, it was just learning from him and then all of this. Um, but, yeah, so a ton of execution is what Gary uh, has really given me. And now it's just the journey of actually executing. <laughs> right, right. That's awesome. It's going to be funny. I bet you anything Gary's going to be getting just a shit ton of people just emailing him and DMing him constantly because of what you just said. Probably. They're going to be like, oh, damn, hey, like, like, that's all this kid did is he just basically annoyed him enough, respectfully, you annoyed him enough to the point yeah, where he's yeah. like, shit, fine, I'll take the meeting. Just quit interrupting my day. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So and, that's funny. I bet you that's going to happen. Yeah. And let me, uh, let me try and provide some value here and, and, like, provide some numbers. So I actually documented every single time he would respond back, like, in any sort of fashion. So on Twitter, if he would either retweet or respond to me or like a tweet that I sent to him, because I know that he would yep. see it because he did that, right? Because he, right. He only, he's the only person who runs his social media, so I know it's him. Um, and then also on Twitter, on uh, Instagram, or yeah, on Instagram, like anytime I would comment and like, uh, if he would like a comment of mine, I know he would see it. Anytime I would DM it and he would respond, uh, I would screenshot it, anything like that of that nature, even on YouTube, a YouTube comment where he would like it, you know, um, anything yeah. like that I documented. And it took 76 different instances. Um, it, it's been 76 different instances up to when I got that meeting with him. Oh, wow. Plus, plus also an in-person meeting um, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it, it, it took a lot. And then along with that, that rule in sales that I was struggling to figure out, like, it, that doesn't even take into account. Like, 76 is just the ones that I know he saw. Like, he might have seen other ones, but the ones that I actually right. saw him, like, that's just completely <laughs> disproportionate to what he what actually, like, hit, you know? And so... That's just right. the amount of effort that you have to do, right? And so people would actually, like, tweet at me because they would see my name responding to him so damn often. They'd be like, yo, I respect that. You're, like, the first person. Like, I was the first person to, like, reply to his tweets for, like, the longest time. Like, anytime he would send Funny. a tweet, I would immediately take out my phone. When I got the notification, I would respond back to it with, like, just, like, three hearts or something. And so, like, kept doing right. it. Kept doing it. And then... I actually, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I actually, since I screenshotted all of those, I had those all printed out and I, and I glued them all into like a notebook and then gave it to him when I met with him. And I'd be like, this is the effort I put in. Like, <laughs> I love it. What did, what did he think when you said, when you get, when you handed that to him? Cause I saw the video, but I couldn't quite make out what he said. Yeah. It was, um, uh, he said, well, he hasn't actually, he, I mean, he said, thank you. Um, and I was like, well, yeah, it, it's just, I just wanted to, to, this is just exactly like the work I put in to meet you. I thought you would appreciate it. Right. Um, but yeah, like I, we kind of talked about it, but really uh, under the impression, like, yeah, like I, when I like had told my friends about this idea to like put it in a scrapbook, um, they thought it'd be really creepy. Or when, when I said, like, I would screenshot every single interaction I had with you, they thought it would be really creepy. And he was like, look, like, mm -hmm. that doesn't really matter. Like, in I think intent matters. And so your intent was, like, completely different. It wasn't to be a total creep. And so uh, you're good. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was like, yeah, I already had it. I already had a feeling like he would, like, appreciate it because, like, 
you know, it's just like literally documenting what you were doing. And so it was just actually putting right. his words into action. That's so I think he liked it. I love it. Good. Good. Well, I mean, that's, that's awesome. I'm glad that it worked out really well. Um, well, cool. Honestly, uh, I think I kind of want to just end on that note. That was really good. Like, I loved yeah. hearing that. I loved hearing the story <laughs> behind it. Um, and thank you for, for being on and taking the time. Um, I know it's a, a beautiful Saturday, and so you didn't necessarily have to, but I'm glad that you did. Um, <laughs> so uh, with that, I'm going to just kind of sign off. So thank you for, for being on uh, episode 12 of Nick at Night. And for those of you that are listening on Anchor, um, now that we have the awesome new update where you can send messages, um, which is dope. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. think that it's genius. Please comment on this, call in, um, do whatever you feel like you need to do. But I, I'm curious to hear all of your reactions to this um, and, uh, and what your journeys are looking like. So, um, but until then, Leanne, thank you again for, for being on. Incredibly grateful that you took the time. Yes, thank you, man. Thank you for ha having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Well, cool. We'll have to definitely stay in touch, um, and uh, I'll be following along on your journey, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll just talk soon. But until then, you take care. Definitely. You as well. Awesome. Bye-bye.